been praying about something for a while. Doesn't the part of that say he answers prayer? Is that right? I don't know who you are, but he does. I don't know where you are, but he does. I don't know what you're going through, but he does. So why don't we sing it again and say, he answers prayer. Sing it. Sing it. Put your hands together. Give him a loud praise in the house. I'm just taking a moment, okay? I think sometimes when we sing God is so good, I like the word good, but I wish I could sing it great. Good is not descriptive enough. Great is not descriptive enough. We cannot understand the incomprehensible love, the magnificent power of who he is. But what I like about it is he's still seated up on the throne with all power and all authority, all of it. His power hasn't diminished. His power hasn't run out. He's still God. And he's still upon the throne. You can be seated. I got to keep doing what I feel like doing. Y'all know me by now. If I do it and it's me, I missed it. If I do it and it's God, he did it. This couple sitting right here in the balcony. You just put your coat over you, your blanket or something, whatever you have, right? Stand back up together. I want you to put your arm back around her. And I want you to know, lady, that his, he has placed his arm around you. That's representative of God putting his arm around you and telling you everything's going to be all right. I said everything's going to be all right. Whoa. Have your Bibles. Turn them open to Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 4, 4 and 5, okay? I'm going to preach two chapters today. Is that all right? I just want to say at the beginning how much I appreciate your pastor, Pastor Harv and Sister Kelly. They are doing an outstanding job. It does not seem like it's been a year since they walked through this door. When they walked through the door, many of you said to me after church, well, I feel like it just fits. Guess what? A year later, it fits. And God has placed them here. Don't take for granted what God is doing for you. Amen? But I do want them to know I appreciate the opportunity to be here today. 
I, I'm a little bit jealous because <laughs> I've been going to Winterfest for 30-something years. The guy who started it used to be my youth pastor. So I got to go. I kind of missed it a little bit. Then I listened to it last night. Did you? Did y'all listen? Any of you listen to it? And I found out I don't understand the music, but the preaching was good. <laughs> I guess I'm old, okay. But it was good. One of the greatest meetings in the church of God is Winterfest. That's it. God does amazing, wonderful things. And as I watched young people bring paraphernalia out of their pocket and throw it on the stage. Folks, that's revival. Amen? That's revival. Good to have my wife Judy with me. She travels with me everywhere. She's afraid to let me go by myself, I think. Or she knows if she travels with me, she'll pray more because of the way I drive. I want to talk to you about this morning, why do we want Jesus present? How many of you feel with the Spirit? Well, we might just have a Holy Ghost meeting in here. But if you're filled with the Spirit, the same power that was in Jesus is in you. Am I correct? Because Jesus said, I'm going to leave you. John chapter 16, he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you that I go away. If I don't go away, I'm going to send you another, let's change that word from comforter to another power, another presence. Because you got to remember, the third person of the Trinity is not a junior member. He has all power that Father God has and Jesus has. And guess what? He lives in you. Amen? So when Jesus is present, things change. Things happen. There is no longer like it used to be because if Jesus actually shows up, then there will be something happen in your life that will make you different than when you came in the door. If there is no change taking place, then all we did is go through the motions. I've preached enough sermons that I'm not going to try to preach to you today, but I feel God has stirred me on the inside. And where this goes, I'm not worried about it homiletically. I'm over that. I'm not worried about whether you brag on it or not. I don't care. All I want to know is that I've obeyed him. Because sometime between 4 and 6 this morning, I haven't even shared this with Judy. Sometime between 4 and 6 this morning, I began to wrestle with the enemy. You say, well, you've been saved all these years. Yeah, but he don't leave me alone, folks. So all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, he began to come at me, not toward me, at me. And he began to try to convince me that, hey, in the middle of this night, you're an old man. You're about to have a heart attack. Judy's going to have to call in to pick you up, and they're about to have your funeral. Guess what? He was wrong. He also came to me and said, what are you doing? As old as you are, you're still traveling, wearing yourself out. Why are you doing that? You're not going to make it. You're going to fail. And I looked at him, and I didn't say anything, but I've had enough of you. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the blood, leave me alone. And I've had an encounter with Jesus this morning. I guess it's one of those mornings. I'm just telling you what happened and how God did it. 
Gee, I got up and I, we've been taking care of the dog because Crystal's gone. I, I'm a dog setter now, okay? And I had to go over and check on her dog this morning. Judy said, well, why are you going to go over there? Adam's coming in. I said, I just need to go over there. You know why I had to go over there? From the time I got in my car and the time I got to her house, got back in my car and came back to my house, I began to talk in a heavenly language. And all of a sudden, what was on me began to go up there. And he began to hear what I was praying. And he began to send it back. And there's an anointing in this house. There's no reason for you to leave here like you came because we are in the presence of the almighty God and Jesus is in this house put the first scripture up there Mark chapter 4 these are what you're familiar with but I just want to point out a couple of things he was in the stern of the ship asleep on the pillow you know the story the storm it says came up and the storm was so much that one scripture there says the boat was full now, if your boat is full of water, how are you floating? When the boat becomes full and all of a sudden you become overwhelmed, he was asleep and they go down to him and they wake him up and say, teacher, rabbi, don't you care? Don't you care? What, what a question to ask Jesus. But I began to think about it. Sometime in my life, I feel like I've said that and didn't really realize it. Do you know where I'm at, Lord? Do you know what I'm going through? Do you know the storm that's turning on the inside of me? Do you know that I'm rattled every way that I turn and you are asleep? I don't care if he sleeps as long as he's on my boat. As long as he's on my boat and I know he's there. But the point what I want to make to you is when you wake Jesus up, the storm will subside. The storm will be no more. They come in, they wake him up. Don't you care that we're perishing? And the scripture goes on in verse 39. He says, he woke up and he rebuked the wind. Now, let me tell you something. As the enemy was coming against me in a diabolical plot this morning, I'm not the one that rebuked him. The Jesus on the inside of me is the one that did it. I don't have the power to do that. I don't have the ability to do it. But I got a Jesus living inside of me. And I think, well, you know what? I better wake him up. So when I woke up, he woke up. But she says, look what he says. He rebuked the wind and he said, peacefully, Turn to your neighbor and say, Shh. He didn't have to shout. He didn't have to say who he was. He didn't have to yell. All he had to do was say, Shh. Now that didn't work when I was a kid and a little boy in church. My mom would turn to me and say, Shh. Guess what? I didn't stop. My mama turned to me and say, hush. Anybody ever heard the word hush? It's not just for puppies. Hush. <laughs> Takes y'all a while, but you got it. Hush. I still didn't stop. But boy, when she said shut up. <laughs> Guess who sat still for about a minute? Me. Right? He said to that storm, he rebuked the wind and he talked to the sea. He what? He rebuked the wind. 
Oh, there's somebody in this building this morning. There's a wind inside of you that's whirling like a tornado. It's inside of you and it's stirring and it's moving. Let me tell you something. It's time to allow him to rebuke that wind. See, he does, he wants to rebuke the wind that's inside of you, the storm that's going on, but then he wants to speak to your body and your mind and say, peace be still. Shh. I better not do that again. I see somebody nodding off. Listen. Oh. Who is it right now? I can't go any further. Who is it right now? There's a storm inside of you. You need it taken care of right now. I want you to stand up. Anybody? There you go. There you go. There you go. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. This is what he told me to do. I'm just being obedient to him. He said to tell you when you stood up, he stood up with you. He said, when you're facing that, he's come, oh, my, 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 my. If you're close enough to one of these persons, would you get over to them or walk over to them and lay your hand on them right now in the name of Jesus? Peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. It's time for you to understand that he's speaking into your life. He's rebuking that storm and that storm that is stirring on the inside of you like a tornado that you don't understand, that you can't sleep, that you can't be still right now it's happening folks right now it's happening right now it's oh thank you Jesus it's happening at this moment at this time I feel the storm is subsiding it says there's going to be a great calm in your life no more will you have sleepless nights no more will you wrestle with what's going on it's time for you to understand he's speaking peace to you right now Woo! my 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 that's good. You can be seated. It's happened. Come on, put your hands together. Give him praise. It's happened. See, when Jesus is present, the storm stops. You ever been in a storm on the sea? When the storm stops, the sea doesn't. It keeps doing this for a while. I spent nine days in a, in, a, in a hurricane in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. It took a while for everything to settle down. But he, when he speaks, I want to tell you, those of you that just stood up, it just happened to you. It just happened. This is your day. God's ordered your steps today. This is your day to know that God's doing it. <laughs> so when Jesus shows up, Storms cease. Say, storms cease. All right, give me the next verse of Scripture. When Jesus shows up, look at this. When he went across to the other side of the lake and he got to the destination to where he was assigned to, the sea had become calm. They get across to the other side. Now, look at, don't you remember these words? And when he had come out of the boat, look at me, my illustrated sermon. All right, y'all ready? How do you get out of a boat? Y'all get that? You can throw your leg over the side and you get out. Hopefully somebody's holding on to the dock because I've learned from experience by the time you get your leg out there, it's gone, you know. But look at this. He had to get out of the boat. 
What happens next? Now watch this. He takes his leg. He throws it over the side of the boat. His foot touches the ground. And as soon as his foot touches the ground, the demonic forces know that he's there. Look at the next part of it. Immediately. You don't mean to translate that for you in Greek? Immediately. Fast. Quickly. All of us, he did. Nobody went ahead of Jesus and said, Jesus is on his way. Everybody get ready. Nobody put it on the internet. Nobody put it on YouTube. Nobody went ahead of him as an entourage and said, y'all get everything ready, set everything up. This big famous man's coming. Folks, I think sometimes we've been too caught up in the church world and famous people. It's not the people. It's not them. It's him. It's him. It's him. Jesus, I love this. When he put his foot on the ground, the demons took note. And the religious people didn't. Oh, my, my, I better not preach. I'll leave that for the pastors. They can handle that stuff. <laughs> the demons. Look at this. When he got out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man of an unclean spirit. Number two, when Jesus is present, demons are dispelled. Now, I'm going to stop here and preach just a little bit, Okay. See, we're blaming a lot of things on a lot of people out there. We've got to accept the fact that had we been what God called us to be as the church, the world wouldn't be in the mess that it's in. Come on, I need an amen. We have not fulfilled what God wanted us to do. We came with a mistaken idea that we're supposed to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, have a good time in church, and don't do anything else. I'm no, I'm not talking to the summit in church. Take this down to the church down the street, okay? <laughs> Listen, we have been empowered to come against the power of the enemy. The government has not been empowered to face the enemy. The Senate, the legislature, the Congress, they haven't been empowered. We have. And we have failed to put the message out there that Jesus has the power for everything in the world to be solved. Now, I'm guilty, folks. It's easy for me to blame somebody else. It's easy for me to say, well, look at them, look at them. You know why we say look at somebody else? Because if we can point a finger at somebody else, nobody's looking at us. Hello? Jesus put his foot down, and when he did, the demons recognized who he was. The demon's name was Legion, remember? And Legion comes from a, uh, for, is, is a numerical number that means 6,668. Now, folks, I've dealt with people with demons before, but I don't know if I've ever had to face one with 6,000 of them. Don't know if I don't want to do that. But these had captivated this man. He would run through the tombs. He would cut himself. They would chain him and he would break it. He had every, uh, every fetter he would break. They could not stop him with their physical ability. 
Folks, we cannot stop the inrush of evil with our physical ability. We can't stop it with our intellectual ability. We don't have that kind of power, but we have one on the inside who can face those demonic forces with the power to bring down strongholds. I don't like what's going on in the culture. I don't like living in a culture where if all of a sudden you want to be a man, you can be a man. If you're a woman and you can be a, a woman, you can be a man. Don't even make sense to me. You know why? Because it brings confusion. Confusion is authored by Satan. He confused Eve in the beginning and looked at her and said, has God really said what you thought he said? Let me tell you, what God said, he said, that's it. Don't call on me to debate you. I'm not going to debate you. His word says it. I don't have a right to debate it. When God said it, that settles it. That's the way it is. He has all power, all authority. His word is truth. And when he met him with the unclean spirit, give me the other one. First, we know what happens to him. But watch what takes place. Then they came to Jesus and they saw the one who had been demon-possessed. Look at him. He had legion. He was sitting. Say sitting. Clothed. And in his right mind. In what mind? Right mind. I believe my Bible says he's not giving you a spirit of fear but a power and love and a translation. Right mind. The ability to think clearly, not to get caught up in confusion and things that bombard your mind and understand that he is a God and he's going to take care of you. So here's a man sitting. Now he's been running. Am I correct? Y'all still with me? Sitting. Now what else is he doing? Got his clothes on. Folks. The devil has overtaken a society that we live in. I feel like saying to some people, put your clothes on. Yeah. Amen. I ain't going to say what I'm thinking. Ask me later and I'll tell you what it was, okay? I'll leave that one alone, okay, because that, that, that might offend somebody. And sometimes I'm good at it. Sometimes I'm not, okay? Well, he was sitting which meant he had no more anxiety, no more fear, no more nothing going on. He was clothed, which meant he was ashamed of his nakedness, right? And in his right mind, he was thinking clearly. He was thinking, and look at that. But here, look at the last part of this verse. And they were, what's that say? Now, folks, the man is sitting. He's got his clothes on. He's not running through the tombs. He's not yanking off chains. And everything, and they're afraid. Hello? What are they afraid of? They are afraid of something they cannot describe and they cannot understand. See, I want the world to be afraid, not of us. I don't want them to be afraid of God, but I want them to stand in awe because they can't explain it. See, when somebody can't explain something, they get afraid of it. Amen? 
When the, when, it, when the demon powers come against somebody and all of a sudden you see them lay there like a limp dish rag and God has set them free, it's hard to explain it. Quit trying to explain it. Just say, God did it and go on with life. Amen. <laughs> I've had the privilege these last two or three Sundays to be in uh, Phoenix City, Alabama. Phoenix City, Alabama is a church that started about four and a half years ago. But don't tell anybody he's not licensed in the church of God yet, okay? Don't tell anybody, okay? He, he's going to, but he's not yet. And he took this church, which was, I hope y'all understand what I'm about to say. Old line. Y'all know what I mean when I'm talking about old line? You've heard it, you've heard it said, us four no more. This was us eight, and we're today. Had eight people four and a half years ago. I was with him two weeks ago at 325. What's going on? You know what he's doing? He's not just ministering to recovering drug addicts and recovering alcoholics. Let me, let me tell you this testimony. Y'all all right? Can I just talk for a minute? This young man impressed me because he's taken something in four and a half years and built it to where it's at. He's really not even counting. He didn't even know my, I mean, I'm the one who had to ask how many we had. That don't bother him. What he is interested in is ministry. He's building tiny houses to house children of people, young children who've been kicked out by their parents. There's a young girl there, 17 years old, been kicked out. Her mama kicked her out because she got pregnant. But there she is. Where is she? She's in church. Who is she talking to me about? Jesus. What am I telling you? There are people that need help out there. You and I have the answer on the inside of us, and his name is Jesus. We got to step out of the boat and step on the ground and face it and say, here is the answer. You are in a dilemma, but we've got a way out for you. Somebody give him praise in the house. Give me point three. When Jesus shows up, power is released. It happens. Oh, okay. She's going, she, she, you know why she travels with me too? And I tell them when we travel that I go long because she wants me to say something else. So that's pretty good when your wife wants you to say something else. <laughs> I'm in pretty good shape, folks. She does want me to tell you before I go on to point three that this young man, what is he, probably 40, maybe somewhere like that, yeah. His mother was abducted in a bar. They took her off and murdered her. She was on drugs. His dad died of an overdose of drugs. His wife's mother was an overdose on drugs. So you know why he's doing it? He knows how you feel. He knows where you're at. He knows. Folks, I, I look at these ladies here and, that I, I keep telling them I'm coming back to teach you again. I will be there sometime. But I don't know how you feel. But he does. He does. I don't know what you go through, but he does. All right, give me the scriptures in Mark 5 again. 
And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that the power had gone out of him, turned him around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? You know the story. It's the woman with the issue of blood. You see, when Jesus shows up, demons are dispelled. When Jesus shows up, storms are quieted. When Jesus shows up, power is released. Look what he says. Knowing that power had gone out of him. Y'all still love me? Y'all looking at me now like a calf at a new gate? But you're okay. Listen. How many of you feel with this Holy Spirit power? Let me see your hand. Then it's time to let it go. It's time to release it into somebody else's life. Jesus knew immediately the word power there. See the word power? It's the word dunamis. Acts 1 and 8, he said, you shall receive power. Talking about us. Same word, dunamis, that's within you, which is an inherent power that when somebody touches you or touches your life or hears you, do, hears you speak and put your hands on them or whatever you do to them, there is a power that is released out of you. He's not giving you that power to store it up. He hasn't given you that power just for you to feel good. He hasn't given you that power just for you to say, you see, I think we've made a mistake in the church. And I can say that, been preaching 50-something years. I think sometimes we needed to teach people the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the beginning, not the apex. It's not where you're trying to go. It's just something you're trying to get to get where God wants you to go. The power is released. Now, to put this quickly in context, the woman with the issue of blood, y'all are familiar with her? What happened? Every time she would show up in a crowd, she would have to cry, unclean, unclean. You couldn't touch her. You couldn't talk to her. Kind of sounds like COVID, doesn't it? <laughs> right? Oh, I heard somebody cough. Where are you? <laughs> If you cough, if you sneeze, my goodness, I'm running. Amen? It taught us, and it's okay to take care of ourselves. I'm not faulting that. But sometimes we need to understand we're going to have to be around some people that need Jesus. We're going to have to be out there to give away what's within us. All right, this is just me, so you, you can... You can forget it when I get through. I think most church fights are caused by people who never release the power that God told them to release. Should I say that again? Don't write that down. If you do, don't put my name by it, okay? Listen, power was released to a woman who was screaming, unclean, unclean, unclean. You can't be around her. You can't touch her. She couldn't associate with her family. She couldn't be anywhere. But she risked it all to touch the hem of his garment. Listen. Look at me. She didn't touch Jesus. She touched what was touching Jesus. Do you know who you are? You're the one touching Jesus so somebody can touch you. Amen. Did y'all move this back? I got more room when I'm preaching over here. What'd y'all do? 
when we understand that you're in a worship atmosphere, a church atmosphere, whatever, and God touches you, he's touching you so you can touch somebody. See, she just touched the garment. See, all we are is like the clothes, and we're wearing Jesus. And when somebody touches us, whoop, something happened. Some change, some takes place, and we don't understand it all, but we do know that we are vehicles for God. Amen? We are those vehicles that can release it. He turned himself around in the crowd, and he said, who touched my, there it is, close. Give me the verse that I gave you again, the next one, okay? And he said to her, daughter, thy faith. Look at that. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. You amazed there? The same word Jesus speaks to her is the word in Greek, sozo. Sozo is the same word we use for salvation. Salvation means to be rescued. Be rescued from the sickness you've dealt with for all these years. No longer. See, if you go back to the beginning of this scripture, it says woman, a woman with an issue of blood. But when you get here, he calls her daughter. Do you understand? He said to her, you might have been an outsider. You might have been pushed aside. Nobody understood you. But right now, you're a part of the family. You're on the inside. You're my son. You're my daughter. You've got a right to be here and to be a part of this family. See, when you're in the family, you don't even have to make a request sometimes. You can just come in. You can just take that because that's for you because he's provided it. See, when Jesus shows up, storms cease. When Jesus shows up, what happens? Demons are dispelled. When Jesus shows up, power is released. Give me the fourth one. Everybody say four. four. This is the end. The dead are raised. Something I said to you maybe when I was past, pastoring you interim last year, I'm going to repeat it here. He healed the woman with the issue of blood. How long had she been sick? I didn't hear you. Twelve years. He goes to minister to a little girl who is how old? Twelve years old. So as long as this woman has been sick, this girl has been born. I'm going to make a point. I'm probably repeating, but it's okay if I repeat. I'm old enough to repeat, okay? Listen. He healed the woman with the issue of blood, which was another generation. Look at me. If he's going to resurrect this generation, he's going to have to heal this generation. Y'all yeah, don't know me. It's probably the first time you've met me, I guess, isn't it? Sorry, don't, don't make any reports, okay? Listen, when you understand that we have issues, the older we get, don't y'all repeat that. I find out if I'm not careful, I can get mad at somebody quicker than I used to. Come on, older folks. I'm not just the next generation. I'm a generation before that generation behind that generation, okay? I'm going way back. 
you know, Abraham Lincoln and I went to school together, okay? <laughs> Listen, but if we're not careful, we get issues. You know why? We've been through stuff. We've been hurt. We've been slammed around. We've been beat on. And if we're not careful, that's how we react. That's why I'm saying, Lord, heal this generation of any issues because last night while I was watching Winterfest, I was watching a group of people called Generation Z being resurrected. Come back alive. Come on, give him praise. All right, give me the scripture. We'll close this thing out. He took the child by the hand and he said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say unto you, arise. What did he do? Now remember, she's sick. She's dead. Jesus was interrupted on his way to minister to this little girl, okay? And while he was interrupted on the way, he ministered to the woman with the issue of blood. He goes over there to her. Again, this is my translation. I believe he took his prayer shawl and laid it over her dead body. Why? Because he can't touch a dead body because he's part of the priest, okay? You're not supposed to do that. Then I believe he's speaking here. He says to Letha Kumi, little girl, arise. But I believe he's also saying, you who are in the prayer shawl, get up. You who are covered by what is promised in a prayer shawl, get up. See, when he spoke that, now, you've got to understand something. She's dead. Now, there is no telling in my lifetime how many funerals I've preached. And I still get requests from people who want me to preach your funeral. Thank you. That's a compliment. But you've got to die first. But, you know, we're in no hurry. Listen, never, I've done a thousand or more than that, never have I stood there and watched somebody get up. This girl was being prepared for the burial. They had hired mourners and they were crying over her. Honey, when I die, uh-oh, when I die, don't have to hire somebody to cry over me. Will you cry loud enough, okay? They hired mourners. And they were going, ooh, 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 ooh. They didn't even know who she was. Hello? But it looked good to the people. See, we're not the only generation that's ever wanted everything to look good. Hello. They were crying. They were mourning. Jesus put them all out, except mom and dad and Peter, James, and John. said, you go in here with me. And then he spoke these words. You who are lying in the prayer shawl, get up. See, when Jesus shows up, the dead get up. And a lot of you may live long enough to be at my funeral and watch them put me in that drawer over there I got prepared for me. But when Jesus comes back, when he comes in that eastern sky and he says, get up, then guess what? This old body is going to come out of that grave and I'm going to have a new body because when Jesus speaks and he's oh my, 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 we are never without hope. Never. So when Jesus shows up, Things happen, but they happen according to his will and his way because Jesus has the authority over everything. 
Who is it sick in your body right now? Somebody's hurting in your body. If you can, stand right now. Right now. Hmm. All right, somebody move to where they are. Lay your hands on them right now, right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I come against the sickness in their body that's causing the pain. Somebody's hurting extreme, Lord, and I'm asking you to give them relief, give them restoration, give them healing in that body right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Be healed. Be healed. Lord, as people lay their hands on them, let the power that you place within them be released into their body and bring healing right now in Jesus' name. In my, my, my. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank y'all. You may be seated. Praise God. Somebody give praise to the Lord. It's happening. Everybody keeps saying that we're in a revival. A revival is temporary. An awakening is for a period of time. You know what an awakening is? An awakening is in a moment when you become suddenly aware that something has happened. That's where I believe we are in the church world, that there's an awakening. Not a revival. Revivals are good, but they they go here and there. But no, wake up. God is preparing this generation for something we've never seen. Stand with me, please. Father, I've spent that time with you. I've spent time in your word. I've emptied myself out. Take what I've shared here today and let it find a lodging place in a heart that it can grow as a seed of the word and build faith in the hearts. Oh, God. Mm. Well, I understand your fears. I understand your doubts. I know exactly how you feel, says the Lord. But I am here to restore, to heal to set free you are my possession you belong to me and I am saying to you my child arise and be made whole would you lift your hands and honor the presence of the Holy Spirit in the house Listen, listen, keep, keep your hands up or whatever you want to do. 
He's speaking. We just don't take time to listen. And that's what I'm trying to do right now. Listen. There is a peace that's blowing over this congregation right now. Same way that he spoke to his disciples in John 20, he blew on them his breath and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Wow. Come on, lift your hands like a sail on a ship. It's blowing. My, 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 my. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. This is different, folks. It's different. This, my, my, my. My, my, my. There is something holy in the house, and it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. All right, look at me. Sir, I don't know you. I may know you and I can't recognize you. What you've been praying about, he said to tell you he heard you, and even though it hasn't happened like you thought, he is working his will in your life. He has taken an adverse situation and he's going to turn it for your good because he has a purpose for your life. Do you receive that? Raise both of your hands around. Sure, God. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, don't, don't, don't get afraid of me, okay? Unless God gives me something, I don't, I don't do it, okay? But I just sense the presence of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. One more time, just lift your hands. For I'm not going to let you stand for a long time. I don't like to do that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet heavenly dove, fill us with the love of Jesus. Wow. Wow. You say, why are you saying wow? I don't know any other way to describe it. It's just an overwhelming presence of him. If you are recognizing that, let me hear from you by the clapping of the hands and the lifting of the voice. Amen, amen, amen. I'm going to pray a, a dismissal prayer. But if you've got a need in your life, you want me to pray with you, I'll stay as long as we have to stay. Amen? Amen. Pray for the, I sort of say kids, don't tell them I call them kids. Pray for the young folks that are coming back, traveling. Pray for your pastor and wife as they're traveling back. They'll give them safety, all right? Can I bless you before you go? Raise your right hand. In the Old Testament priesthood, this is what they would do. Lord, I bless their going out and their coming in. I bless their lying down and their rising up. I bless the work of their hands and the walking of their feet. Lord, I bless the hearing of their ears and the speaking of their mouth. 
I bless them in the home. I bless them in the community. I bless them in the workplace. I bless them in the marketplace. May they walk 24-7 in the favor of God as you walk with them. If you receive it, shout amen. God bless you. Give a praise to the Lord.